0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, October 26th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri legislative redistricting commissions have traditionally deadlocked, but some involved in the once-every-decade process are hoping this year defies tradition. I think everybody's reasonable and everybody recognizes that uh, the best interests of the state are served by, you know, reaching a successful conclusion and having a a plan of apportionment. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum will report on the challenges for Missouri's legislative redistricting commissions. Research from Washington University finds long-term exposure to air pollution affects how quickly coronavirus spreads within a community. More from St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan. Being exposed to air pollution changes the cells in your body. You create more of a certain kind of protein on the outside of your cells. And this protein acts like a doorway, letting the coronavirus inside. A new WashU study finds air pollution exposure has a big effect on how fast the virus spreads, especially for people of color who are more likely to live in polluted areas. Rajan Chakrabarti is an aerosol scientist at Washington University and study co-author. There is a, a big chunk of vulnerable population ready to be hit by the next pandemic unless we take some actions. This study used health and socioeconomic data from 12 metropolitan areas, including St. Louis. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. Governor J.B. Pritzker's administration in Illinois is preparing for the FDA to approve Pfizer's COVID vaccine for children ages 5 through 11, likely next week. The state's Department of Public Health Director Engaze Ezeke is encouraging parents to get their children vaccinated as soon as they can. ZK says she was relieved when her teenagers got vaccinated earlier this year. I wanted them to feel a sense of safety when they were at school. I wanted them to not have to quarantine should they be exposed to someone with COVID and not miss more in-person days. Illinois will receive an initial allotment of about half a million doses specially formulated for children. Retailers are expecting a better holiday season than last year, but the pandemic is straining their supply chain and workforce. As St. Louis public radio's Corinne Ruff reports, St. Louis based grocer Schnooks is one of many retailers getting creative to handle the holiday rush.
1: If you've walked down the aisles at Schnooks recently, you may have noticed certain brands or products missing from shelves. Ted Schnook is the executive vice president of supermarkets at Schnooks. To be honest, it's a little bit of a game of you know whack-a-mole where you know one day. The product that you're out of for a long time comes in, um, and then you know the next day or the next week, you know, something else is, is out. Schnuck says he's had to work closely with suppliers to come up with new ways to get products out to stores ahead of the holidays. Some customers are already starting to stock up on essentials, like frozen pie crusts and turkeys. The grocery chain, like many other retailers, is also struggling to hire enough staff. Schnuck says a holiday bonus and recent pay bump are helping. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: The National Weather Service has confirmed a tornado hit Fredericktown about an hour southeast of St. Louis on Sunday night. It was an EF3 with a maximum wind of 140 miles per hour. No serious injuries were reported, but homes, businesses, and the power station that feeds that community of about 4,000 were damaged. The Weather Service also says an EF2 hit St. Mary, Missouri and Chester, Illinois across the state line. That category storm has winds of up to 135 miles per hour. Missouri's Legislative Redistricting Commissions are hearing testimony about what state House and Senate maps should look like. Not many following the process are confident the commissions will succeed. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, one redistricting veteran, believes the commission's need to defy tradition to avoid big problems in next year's election cycle.
1: Inside a hotel ballroom that's a stone's throw away from St. Louis Lambert International Airport, members of a Missouri House redistricting commission are preparing for a long day of public testimony. The more than four and a half hour session featured comments from people like Joan Hubbard of the League of Women Voters who accurately described the stakes to the 10 Republicans and 10 Democrats on the commission. We therefore recognize the extraordinary, once-in-a-decade impact that redistricting has on the power of voters and on the vitality of democracy in our state. The commissioners heard all sorts of pleas throughout the day including those who wanted to keep certain neighborhoods together or people like Hubbard who wanted a map full of more competitive districts. There's just one big problem with actually following through on those requests. As a historical matter, most of these commissions have deadlocked and you've had the backup appellate judge commission be the one that draws the maps. That's Travis Crum, a law professor at Washington University in St. Louis. Because the Constitution requires votes from at least 14 out of 20 members to approve a House or Senate plan, the commissions have almost always failed. After all, the political parties have wildly different perspectives on what constitutes advantageous redistricting, and there's not much incentive for commissioners to approve an opposing party's plan. Here in Missouri, uh, it's, it's, it's been planned to gridlock. Thus far, there's not a lot of evidence that things are going to change. The House Commission had a notable disagreement over who should be the chair, while the Senate Commission tussled over how many public meetings there should be. But the last speaker at the House redistricting hearing in St. Louis County provided an ominous warning about what gridlock could mean next year. Jim Layton is the former Solicitor General for the Missouri Attorney General's Office and handled redistricting litigation for the state roughly 10 years ago. Leighton says if the commissions deadlock, it's a near certainty that state legislative districts will not be done in time for Missouri's candidate filing deadline next March. If you are currently operating or you begin to operate or you continue to operate as two uh, caucuses rather than as 20 individuals trying to do the best for the state of Missouri, you will fail. Leighton also stressed that the Constitution places forth strict criteria including some restrictions on how counties and cities can be split. If you really put together a plan that meets all the constitutional criteria, and you do that quickly, that then you can spend your time working around the edges, but you're really only going to be working around the edges. Some of the redistricting commissioners are expressing optimism about the work ahead. But Jerry Hunter, the Republican chairman of the House committee, acknowledged that it's more difficult for his colleagues to come up with an agreement since there's 163 districts to draw and more possibilities for contention. By comparison, Senate commissioners only have to come up with 34 districts.
0: Their task is, appears to be easier than what our task is on the House commission.
1: Because rural Missouri is so Republican compared to past redistricting cycles, there's not really that many places for Senate commissioners to argue about, besides perhaps districts encompassing Springfield and the Kansas City area. Democratic Senate Commissioner Farrakhan Shigog of St. Louis County says he's actually found quite a few commonalities with his rural counterparts that make him bullish about working together
0: and they're talking about poverty, they're talking
1: about miseducation, they're talking about lack of
0: healthcare services, they're talking about need for infrastructure repair for roads and sewer systems and things like that. And I say, hey, those are the same kind of things that we have going on
1: on the east side of the state in St. Louis, in the urban area. Mark Ellinger, the GOP chairman of the Senate Commission, notes that even though the threshold to approve a map is high, it has happened before. He was on a Senate commission that ratified a map in 2012 under daunting time constraints.
0: I think everybody's reasonable and everybody recognizes that uh, the best interests of the state are served by you know, reaching a successful conclusion and having a, uh, a plan of apportionment.
1: House and Senate commissioners have until December to come up with a tentative plan. If they fail, the appellate judges won't likely finish work on their maps until sometime in early 2022. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway.